Hi, my name is Adiri Zanskinier. Welcome to the Healthcare Stage, the go-to podcast for innovators dedicated to enhancing health and wellness globally. In each episode, we dive into insightful conversations with those at the forefront of healthcare innovation. This episode is dedicated to the COMMIT study, a prospective study conducted in Israel in approximately 2,000 infants. The study aimed to investigate the impact of early and consistent exposure to cow milk formula on the development of IgE-mediated cow milk allergy in infants. The finding indicated that infants with early continuing exposure to cow milk formula from birth had a lower prevalence of IgE-mediated cow milk allergy compared to infants exposed to occasional exposure to cow milk formula. This study shows that timing and consistency of cow milk formula exposure play a crucial role in preventing IgE-mediated cow milk allergy in infants. This information can guide parents and healthcare providers in making feeding decision and implementing preventative measures to reduce the risk of cow's milk allergy in infants exposed to cow milk formula. It is my greatest pleasure to host Dr. Edith Lachoverot, the researcher behind the study. Edith is a pediatrician and allergy immunology specialist. She works at Mayer Medical Center. Hi, Edith. Hi, good morning. <laughs> Tell us something about, about yourself. <laughs> um... I don't drink I don't drink coffee. I drink hot chocolate. So it's uh, related to the to my interest in uh, cosmic allergy. But uh, I just drink hot chocolate in the morning. But were you allergic to to milk? No, as well? oh. no, no. <laughs> I just don't like the taste of uh, coffee. Okay, <laughs> thank you for sharing that. So. Um, before we kind of uh, dive into your research, say a few words about the prevalence of food allergy and the different types we see in uh, infant population. Okay, first of all, uh, it's very important to uh, understand what is it uh, IgM-mediated food allergy. When we are talking about IgM-mediated food allergy, we talk about an uh, immune reaction. When the immune system develops uh, antibodies, Ig, IgA antibodies against uh, food proteins, react them as the foreign bodies. Uh, the immune system exposed first to the uh, allergenic food, creates the antibodies, and then in the next exposure, it will uh, cause the allergic reaction that we all know. Allergic reaction can be very mild like skin rash or more severe uh, reaction, which can include hoarseness, shortness of breath, vomiting, a faint, and even in rare, rare cases, a, a, even a, can cause death. Treatment a, in those reactions can be with antihistamine drugs, or a, in more severe cases, a, with EpiPen, which is an adrenaline auto-injector. It is very important to understand that adrenaline auto-injector, it's a life-saving drug. Can I ask you a question about the different types of allergies? Because your paper is more focused uh, on IgE-mediated allergy. So perhaps say a word to our audience about the differences between IgE-mediated and non-IgE-mediated. Okay, so I explained about the IgE-mediated. The other types of uh, food allergies include food-induced allergic uh, enterocolitis syndrome, which is a, can cause late vomitings, uh, and food-induced allergic proctocolitis, which uh, will can cause bloody stool in infants. 
those two uh, syndromes are not life-threatening reactions and re usually resolve around the age of one year or two years. And this is why my research focuses on IgE-mediated first, because the prevalence of the cure is lower and it's more prevalent in, in the infant population. I don't know if you recall, but uh, I don't recall uh, when I was in a school age, kids with food allergy in school. And today there isn't at least even one class with at least one child with a food allergy. The prevalence in the, in the worldwide is estimated to be around 5 to 10%. Uh, in Israel, the numbers are lower. According to a study conducted by our colleagues, uh, the prevalence in the beginning of the 21st century in Israel was less than 1%, and in 2021, it was almost 3%. There are a lot of hypotheses why uh, this rise uh, happened, but uh, it is still hypothesis, and uh, there is a lot of uh, investigation and work that we need to be done to understand the mechanism and why it is more prevalent those days. Yeah, so, so in essence, the, the main treatment is avoidance. Yes. Uh, but one of the questions I must ask you, which directly relates to your paper, is early exposure of infants to, to different food types uh, than breast milk serve as a tool to reduce the incidence of food allergies? Short, question, short answer is yes. I need to start with story. Uh, at the beginning of the 21st century, a study conducted uh, between the UK and Israel, Professor uh, Gideon Lack from uh, the UK and Professor uh, Yitzhak Katz from uh, Israel, wanted to compare the prevalence of uh, peanut allergy between Jewish kids in Israel and UK. The reason to, uh, they chose only Jewish kids was to uh, avoid from genetic uh, differences between groups. And they found that the prevalence of peanut allergy in the UK was 10 times more than in Israel. They tried to understand what the difference between those two groups. And the only thing they found that uh, the Israeli uh, infants are exposed in very young age to a baby snack uh, called Bamba, which is a protein, a, sorry, a peanut a protein a snack. And this led to a, the a outbreaking study of the of Gideon Lux group in the UK, which called the LEAP study. They took around the 500 infants, a young infants, and divided them to a, randomly to two groups. One group exposed routinely to the Bamba snack with peanuts, and the other group was avoided from uh, peanut proteins in any uh, shape until the age of five years. The prevalence of peanut allergy in the avoidance group was something around 10, 20 times more wow. than, the group, than the group that exposed routinely to a peanut protein from a young age. This led to other studies uh, about egg allergy and the... Uh, in those two uh, cases of uh, allergenic foods, it is already recommended, especially to uh, infants that we uh, call them uh, high-risk infants to develop a food allergy to early exposure to those uh, proteins. The problem with milk that usually the exposure to allergenic food like peanuts and eggs starts at four or six months of age, but milk 
we are usually exposed, this is the first food protein, except for breast milk, that the infant is exposed to. And uh, most of the infants occasionally or uh, regularly exposed to a cosmic formula. And by this, we mean cosmic protein from the very beginning, even at the first days of life. And this is why uh, our thoughts and other uh, groups of uh, uh, researchers around the world was that uh, if we want to influence development of cosmic allergy, we need to start earlier, not four or five months of age. So this is kind of the underlying hypothesis of the research that you conducted. Yes, yes. Our hypothesis was that uh, if we can uh, influence the development of peanut allergy by early exposure since four or five months of age. So if we will expose uh, infants routinely and uh, regularly to peanut, uh, to cosmic uh, protein since the first days of life, maybe we can prevent or lower the risk, the, the risk to, pre- uh, to develop a cosmic allergy uh, in those infants. What is the biological rationale of this hypothesis? I'll try to explain it uh, simply, uh, although it's a very difficult uh, sometimes to understand even for myself. Uh, the first two months of life approximately are characterized by two uh, main factors that I think make infants more sensitive and prone to develop food allergies. First, the newborn's gut is immature and more permeable, and it allows uh, large molecules cross the intestinal wall uh, freely and meet the immune system that is placed inside the intestinal wall. Later in life, those molecules usually do not cross the intestinal wall without any uh, digestive uh, process. Second, the immune system has the different types of T helper cells, including the Th1 and the Th2. Those cells are crucial to uh, the immune reactions to any stimuli pathogens uh, later in life. Allergy occur when the immune system overreacts to harmless substances, the allergens, as I explained before. And this reaction is typically mediated by the Th2 cells. In newborns, there is a natural bias toward the Th2 dominant immune response, which makes them more prone to develop antibodies that can cause food allergies. I think that the combination of the absorption of undigested large molecules that are introduced to a Th2 immune system make the infant susceptible to developing antibodies against food products that are usually innocent and the body did not, does not react for them. As I said before, after the antibodies are uh, developed by the immune system, at the next exposures, the infant can uh, develop the allergic reactions. It is important to understand that those are still theories and hasn't been proven yet. So as I said before, and I probably will uh, repeat it again and again and again, we have a lot of work to do in this, uh, uh, in the understanding of the mechanism and uh, how can we prevent the development of food allergies. So let's talk about your study. Let's talk about the COMET study. Yeah. Tell me about the design of this study. First of all, I want to tell you why uh, the name is COMET. COMET is for a cosmic early exposure trial. And another uh, by meaning way to think about it because it's COMET. You need to commit for something that you you are eating. The aim of the COMET study was to investigate whether early and continuous exposure to cosmic formula, the first days of life, can prevent the development of cosmic allergy. We enrolled uh, 2,252 infants, everyone counts, 
shortly before or after labor. And we divided them to three groups according to the parents' feeding preferences for the first two months of life. Exclusive breastfeeding, breastfeeding with adding at least one bottle of cow's milk formula per day, or exclusive cow's milk formula feeding. The reason for focusing on the first two months of life for a few reasons. First, we thought that uh, this is the windows of opportunity of uh, early exposure. And second, we wanted to find a period that we think the, the parents, especially the mothers, can commit and uh, follow their chosen plan uh, for feeding their infants. We followed the infants for uh, one year by a monthly survey. And after dropout, we left with at least, uh, around 2,000 infants completing, uh, that completed the one-year survey. And uh, this is the infants that we analyzed or, uh, the results. About 54% of the infants were exclusively breastfed for at least the first two months of life. One-third uh, combined uh, breastfeeding with at least one bottle of cow's milk formula per day. And the rest, about 15%, were only fed with cow's milk formula from the first days of life. For analysis purpose, we looked at two groups, exclusive breastfeeding versus cow's milk formula exposure from birth, which uh, included the two groups, the, the breastfeeding plus cow's milk formula and the uh, cow's milk formula feeding only. Okay, so you had three groups, right? Yes. Three groups, one group of infants uh, with exclusive uh, breastfeeding, one group of kids that, with exclusive cow milk formula, and one group uh, of, of some sort of a combination. Combination. And this was based... The combination, it's very important to mention that the combination was routine exposure to cow's milk formula. Okay. And the combine and and this is was all based on what the mothers told you when they enrolled to the studies told you that they would uh, do. Yes. Okay. So after a year, when you uh, started analyzing the results, what did you find? We had eighteen infants, which is a zero point nine percent of in of the infants that developed cosmic allergy. All of them were on the, in the exclusive breastfeeding group. None in the combination or exclusive uh, calcium formula uh, feeding groups. There are no risk factors uh, on the development of food allergies, such as family history of atopic comorbidities, which means parents or siblings with asthma, uh, food allergies, atopic dermatitis, or allergic rhinitis. And we try to see whether those uh, risk factors influence the development of cosmic allergy. Uh, but even after certification and after removing those uh, risk factors, the results remain significant uh, that all the infants developed cosmic allergy were in the exclusive breastfeeding group. This means that the uh, routine and continuous exposure to cosmic formula is superior to the risk factors, the, the influence of uh, risk factors and masks their influence on the development of cosmic allergy. Uh, although we expected those results, we couldn't imagine that it will be so significant and clear. Uh, my boss all the time told me that we need another cosmic allergic infant in the other group because it looks very, too, too good to be true that you have zero in one group, but uh, we didn't have. So uh, at this stage, you uh, started diving deeper into the group of infants which developed cow milk allergy. And when you did that, you discovered that they, there was some divergence between what the mother said they would do and what actually happened. What did you find? 
Yeah, correct. Uh, in the exclusive breastfeeding group, we wanted to find what's united the infants that developed cosmic allergy than those who did not develop cosmic allergy. Uh, after further, further investigation of this uh, exclusive breastfeeding group, it was found that only 53% of the infants, of the mothers that claimed that they will exclusive breastfeed their infants, were actually doing so without any exposure to cosmic formula for the first two months of life. The remaining mothers exposed their infants to small amount of cosmic formula during the first two months of life, usually to a very a rare, in a rare occasions or only after birth in the maternity wards to small amounts of cosmic formula. And after you acknowledge these divergence and looked again at the results, what did you find? 14 out of the 18 infants that developed cosmic allergy belong to the subgroup of the infants that were exposed to small amount of cosmic formula during the first two months of life. Prevalence of cosmic allergy in these subgroups was 3.5% versus 0.7% in the truly exclusive breastfeeding group. Therefore, the conclusion was that early and continuous exposure to cosmic formula protect against the development of cosmic allergy. But occasionally and random exposure to cosmic formula increases the risk to develop cosmic allergy. The risk of developing a cosmic allergy in the truly exclusive breastfeeding infants is in the middle. It's better than random exposure in rare occasions to cosmic formula, but it's less protective than a routine exposure to cosmic formula since the first days of life. I must uh, emphasize that a uh, this result about the truly exclusive breastfeeding infants was not statistically significant. However, a large a retrospective cohort of a more than 13,000 infants looked after our results, look what happened with those with their infants, and they support our results that infants that on exclusive breastfeeding are still at a higher risk to develop cosmic allergy than, than infants that expose routinely to cosmic formula since the first days of life. Do you think that the results of this study contradicts current recommendation or recommendation saying that mothers should breastfeed their infant? There is no questions about the advantages of breastfeeding. I breastfed my three kids. Breastfeeding has many advantages, both for the infant and the mothers, such as lower the risk uh, of sudden infant death, uh, diabetes, overweight in the uh, older ages. Our studies found, found that irregular exposure to cosmic formula increases the risk to develop cosmic allergy. Uh, therefore, if the mother, for some reason, exposed her infant to cosmic formula during the first days of life, to lower the risk for infant to develop cosmic allergy, According to our study, and by the way, other studies around the world, it is better to continue routine exposure to cosmic formula, but once daily, uh, not a, a, we don't think she, she needs to drop out uh, the breastfeeding and uh, stop uh, breastfeeding her. Mm -hmm. So uh, yes. what needs to take place in order to make your uh, super important findings part of the guidelines. How far are we from that point? We're still far from it because although 2,000 infants is a large cohort, 
uh, it's not large enough. And we need a, a larger cohort to repeat the results. And we need it uh, in, in other places around the world uh, with a diverse population. There are a few studies around the world uh, in different parts, uh, in Japan and uh, in, the, in Europe, that found a result that supports our results. But it's not enough. And we need a, a longer observation to see uh, if the nutrition during the first two months of life can influence other outcomes in older ages. So before we can uh, recommend early exposure to cosmic formula since uh, birth, we need to see if this early exposure can cause other uh, illnesses uh, later. We continue to follow our infants, our cohort, until the age of 10 years. So part of the results we'll probably have shortly. Yeah. So... I want to skip forward to additional very interesting finding you uh, encountered when you started analyzing the clinical data. Findings about other food allergies not related to cow milk formula. What did you find? During the COMMIT study, we collected the information regarding uh, other food allergies such as eggs, peanuts, sesame seeds, and tree nuts. Uh, overall, we had uh, 47 uh, confirmed cases of IgE-mediated uh, food allergies, including the cosmic allergy. While analyzing the results, I noticed that all those 14, 47 infants were breastfed, either exclusively or in combination with cosmic formula. None of them were fed only with cosmic formula since the first days of life. We searched for other explanation for these uh, very shocking uh, results. Yeah. Like other known, well-established uh, risk factors. The only risk factor uh, that correlates with the development of food allergies was a family history uh, of uh, atopic uh, dermatitis. To atopic dermatitis is a condition that is characterized by a typical uh, skin rash, typical places, and it's very, very itch to the person that suffer from it. Uh, it is well known that the infants with familial history of atopic dermatitis are more prone to develop uh, food allergies. However, even after stratification for atopic dermatitis, the difference between the breastfed and the non-breastfed infants remains significant. So how do you explain these results? We don't have a solely well-proven uh, explanation for these results, but we do know a few things. It has already been proven that the uh, breast milk contains traces of protein that the mother consumes. If the mother uh, eats peanuts on a regular basis, her breast milk contains a certain and pretty much a constant um, amount of peanut proteins, and the infant is exposed to a constant amount of peanut proteins. However, if she eats peanuts only once in a few weeks, her breast milk contains a changing amount of peanut proteins. Sometimes it contains a large amount, and sometimes it contains... It doesn't contain at all peanut proteins. Now, if we will go back to the primary result of the COMMIT study, we saw that the highest risk to develop cosmic allergy was of infants that were exposed uh, occasionally to small amount of cosmic formula. If we will connect those two facts, we hypothesize that regular consumption of certain proteins by the breastfeeding mother will protect her infant from developing cosmic allergy or other allergies, but occasional exposure to small amount of those allergenic proteins will increase the risk to develop, develop uh, food allergies. I must emphasize but two things. 
First, this is still theoretical and we don't have proven uh, results for this uh, hypothesis. Second, we acknowledge the importance of breast milk. So we don't think the solution will be to stop breastfeeding the infants. On the contrary, we want to find a way to uh, improve the breast milk. It sounds like there there are many, many open questions and plenty of research you need, you and your peers need to conduct in order to answer all these questions. So what is the next step here? How do you keep on investigating it in order to answer, answer all these questions? Okay, so first we need to understand the mechanism causing the development of uh, food allergies. Uh, if we will understand better the mechanism, we will be able to understand why one infant developed food allergies and the other one developed tolerance. We need to investigate a lot of questions in this area of mechanism uh, in a well-designed studies, such as are there, are, uh, there are unknown uh, risk factors that influence the development of food allergies? How much allergenic proteins does the infants need to be exposed to be protected from the development of food allergies? If there is a window of opportunity for the early exposure, we think it was two months, but we don't know exactly if it's two months or even one month. Right. Second, we need to understand the exact mechanism, protein uh, absorption in the mothers and the secretion of those proteins in the breast milk. We need to investigate uh, are there other factors influencing this process? Does the protein secretion in breast milk uh, remain constant uh, or change over time? Is it uh, the same in the age of one month or in difference in four months of age? For, th- for some of these uh, questions, we already have uh, preliminary uh, protocols, but uh, we need uh, larger grants uh, to perform those uh, studies. As I said uh, many times in this uh, podcast, we, had a lot, we have a lot of work to do. Let me, let me try to uh, kind of skip a few years forward. If you and your peers conduct additional research and you realize your hypothesis is correct, meaning allergy can be dramatically reduced if the infant is exposed to consistent amount of proteins of specific food, then we may be able to develop a solution which might prevent allergy among infants. This would be a huge revolution, right? Yes. I I believe that uh, food allergy is not a predestination and there is a way to prevent the development of food allergies. But first, we need to answer those questions that I just uh, mentioned. If we conduct uh, additional research and realize that uh, our hypothesis uh, is correct, I think we can uh, find a way to prevent the development of food allergies. There is some solution that uh, we are thinking about, but... uh, it's still very early to speak about them, and we need to first, as I said before, understand the mechanism before this. I think that what I love about your research is that it is brave. <laughs> we need to allow ourselves not only to try and understand things we don't know, but also to ask questions that, that might contradict current guidelines. Even if we're risking ourselves a little bit, I think that we must do this in order to push the envelope, in order to find new things. I don't know if it's brave or naive or a combination, but I think that if we want to find answers, 
to a very serious questions, we need to get out from the comfort zone. And I think that we need to understand, we need to love and we need to want to improve the lives of our patients and want to help them. And I really think that we have a way to do this. But it's still the beginning of the time, although it's look very, very far away. That start, it starts already 20 years ago, but uh, I think we start we're just in the beginning of this. Uh... Yeah, no doubt. Thank you so much. For audience interested in learning more about this research, I recommend uh, reading the, the two papers we discussed here today. This podcast is available on my LinkedIn page called The Healthcare Stage and also on YouTube and Spotify. If you are working at a company uh, developing novel solution aimed uh, at improving the lives of others, or you are a researcher in a hospital or academia conducting groundbreaking research with potential clinical application, do get in touch with me at adi at thehealthcarestage.com. Edith, I hope this work will accelerate additional groundbreaking research in the field of food allergy in infants, and that in a few years, less infants will, will suffer from severe allergic reaction. Thank you. Thank you very much, Adi, for this uh, opportunity. I really hope and uh, believe that uh, we can uh, prevent or at least lower the risk uh, of infants to develop food allergies. Thank you, Adit. Thanks. Thank you.